praise God. Of course, it says, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we worship you. Glory to the Lord. Let's just spend a few minutes just praising the Lord. Just up out of your heart. Hallelujah, Lord, we give you glory. Oh, Lord, I give you praise. I worship you tonight. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, oh, Lord. You're wonderful, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord Jesus. I bless you, Lord, hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, hallelujah. Oh, to you, O oh Lord, we give glory and honor and praise, hallelujah. We submit ourselves, O oh Lord, in all of our ways, O oh God, to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I bless you, O Lord. I bless you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name. Hallelujah. I bless you, O Lord. I bless you, O Lord. With my heart of thanksgiving, I bless you, O Lord. I praise you, O Lord. I praise you, O With a heart of thanksgiving, I praise you, O Lord. I praise you, O Lord. I praise you, O Lord. With a heart of thanksgiving, I praise you, O Lord. 
worthy, O Lord. Jesus, you're wonderful, hallelujah. You're wonderful, Lord. You're wonderful, O Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome here. We just open up our hearts to you tonight. You're welcome. We ask you, O Lord, to come in a powerful way. We ask you, O Lord, for a manifestation of the kingdom of God such as we've not seen heretofore. We say, come, kingdom of God. Come, kingdom. Hallelujah. Lord, that you will show yourself in, in our hearts and our lives, O Lord. And the revelation of your word in ways, O God, that we've never experienced before. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that, O oh Father. Thank you, Holy Father. Bless your name, O oh God. Bless your name, O oh God. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you for the evening. I thank you for the Bible study. I thank you, O oh Lord. The Holy Spirit will teach us tonight. Uh, Lord, I ask you to, to touch my own personal heart. Lord Jesus, to anoint my mouth and anoint my ears to hear in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for each person that's come. And Lord, I thank you that as we're seeking you, you said if we would reach out to you and seek you, O oh Lord, that you would be found. As we would uh, seek to know your word, that you would reveal it. You would reveal it to us, O oh God. And, and that's our desire, O oh God. We pursue you. We seek you tonight. And grow us in our relationship, with, we pray, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that... Uh, anyone who may be um, going through any kind of a struggle, whether it be physical or in any other way, O oh Lord, I thank you that by your, uh, by your closeness, by the Holy Spirit, that you will touch them tonight, glory to God, and you will fix, just fix anything that needs to be fixed, O oh God, we pray. Thank you for it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you can be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is there, a is there a course about joy except the joy of the Lord is my strength? Anybody know a course? All of you guys. That you got the joy, 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 joy? Down in my heart. Woo! Down in my heart. Down in my heart. Yeah. Praise the Lord. This joy that I have. There's a lot of courses about joy. Praise the Lord. Huh? Praise the Lord. You want to lead us in that? This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy I have, 
The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it. The world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thanks, Ivy. All right, that's good. Praise the Lord. All right, let's see. Um, real quickly, let me just give you, those of you who are in the young adult group uh, at Zach and Pamela's house tomorrow night, young adult Bible study, 7 o'clock. Praise the Lord. What are you laughing about? <laughs> huh? <laughs> they won't let you go. <laughs> Maybe if you beg. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. So young adults, there's, hey, listen, whatever. Okay, I'm, I'm going to move right along here. Uh, also, uh, an appeal for help on Friday and Saturday. I know Zoe and John uh, would be, White would be uh, very appreciative, as well as the other workers. There's a lot of people that are involved in that, but I know that Zoe is heading it up. But appeal for help on Friday and Saturday and decorating the church for Christmas. Praise the Lord. So uh, we'd love to have you come out. We need you to come out. Amen. If you got a little bit of time, either one or both of those of those times, um, teens are teens are welcome too. You know, so if you have teenagers, we'll put them to work. I'm sure so will. The, and uh, let's see, Elizabeth, are you working with her on that, or is that? Do you get involved in that? No. Yes. No. Okay, that's all right. I'll leave you alone. I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. You're doing good. And you get a gold star, girl. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Uh, I don't know the times on that, but uh, it's in the bulletin. And uh, if you need to know, you don't know, Bob will find out for you, right, Bob? Yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. He will do that. Um, let's uh, just take a second and a few minutes and bring our offering to the Lord. And uh, if you need an envelope, just lift your hands. We'll give you just a minute to prepare uh, to minister to Jesus that way and to the kingdom. And then, uh, yes, ma'am. There you go. Thank you. Okay. On, where are we? Deck the halls. Deck the halls. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Six to eight on Friday and 8 a.m. to noon on Saturday. Thank you, Joy. Praise the Lord. Next week is Thanksgiving. Is that right? Well, our Thanksgiving service, you know, our, our, our t midweek service changes that week, remember, always does, from Wednesday to Tuesday, uh, because Wednesday will be this day before Thanksgiving, and most of you will be cooking your... Uh... Since we're all nice to you. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> I asked Monica what we what we having for Thanksgiving this year. She says, uh, we have reservations. <laughs> Y'all pray for me, please. <laughs> but anyway, and we'll we'll ha we'll have our get together on on Tuesday, seven o'clock, same time. Uh, we'll let out just a little bit early so we can have a little uh, you know some goodies afterwards, and uh, just fellowship a few minutes for Thanksgiving. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Good. Got your offerings ready? All right. Just come down front whenever you're ready.
Thank you, Lord. anyone need a Bible tonight for the Bible study? Um, if you do, Bob has them. Ray has them. Maybe you need your Bible. I think maybe we all have them. It's good. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to get to share with you tonight. Amen. To look into his word. It's been a good day. Spent the whole day just... Um, dwelling on the word, meditating on the word and looking at it, that's always a good day amen, do you ever have a day where you can just do that you do that, you take a day sometimes Wednesday's a day that I always try to do that just um, nothing else it's been a real good day would you take your Bible and make a confession with me say this with me, thank you Lord for your word tonight as I hear the word my faith will be energized I confess I'll not only hear it, I'll also do it. Because I hear it, and I do it, my life won't stay the same. Thank you, Lord, for your life-changing, ever-living, miracle-working word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, this is going to be our third uh, session or lesson or message in the series that we're calling Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Uh, our base scriptures, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And um, the scripture says, Fight, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and you have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I don't think I have to reintroduce the subject anymore. We're farther into the series now but our admonition by the apostle paul has to do with fighting 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 a fight of faith praise the lord and we're investigating this scripture talking about this scripture um, to know more precisely how just to do that to contend to contend to fight to engage in conflict Strange, uh, Strong's concordance says it has to do with laboring and um, a, a fervent striving. W. Vines, and I had not seen this, and, and I, it may not, you know, ding your bell, but in, in thinking about this way of life, because the fight of faith is actually our way of life, it's the life of faith, uh, the fighting the good fight of faith. But W. Vine says, in re reference to that word, it says, straining every nerve to attain to the object. Straining every nerve, amen. Putting forth every, putting forth every effort. The word that we get, um, I think the, root, the word that we get like agonize, agonize from is, is, is a root word for that word so it's a real forceful you know it's a real forceful instruction that the apostle is talking to us about here uh, so fight the good fight of faith faith not teaching on faith um, or teaching on the fight of faith but uh, faith is is just the way of life for us amen and in the endeavor for us to do this we I've tried to point out to you that uh, the um, perhaps greatest hindrance to our 
life of faith, our, our fight of faith, and, and so forth, has to do with knowledge or a lack thereof. It's not usually because we have too much. It's usually because we have a lack thereof of knowledge and understanding, particularly, particularly of the Word of God. Because as we, as we think on this subject, the Word, the word of God, is, is, that is the only tangible thing that God has put into our hands whereby we might know the person of God, we might know the thoughts of God, the will of God, the word, you know, that it's his word. We don't know it any other way. I mean, if you're just waiting to get a revelation of everything that you're going to live as a Christian, then you're going to be sorely deceived, probably sooner than later. Amen? So it's, it's his word. That's all. What do we believe for? We believe for whatever the word. So carrying that further, uh, we're in the process of, of looking at some real foundational truths that they're just not natural. They've come from natural resources. But when you start dealing with spiritual things as the force of faith is and the life of faith, um, uh, they become so important to operate in faith. First thing I gave you was that a lack of knowledge having to do with the new birth. We talked about that uh, two weeks ago and the rights of the new birth. Secondly, we talked last week having to do with an understanding or a knowledge of righteousness righteousness and we started on that we didn't finish on it we're going to we're going to keep going with that James chapter 5 and verse 16 tells us that we are to confess our faults one to another pray for one another that you may be healed and then he makes the statement that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and then as he went on there it's almost I'm not going to read the scripture I'll just kind of talk you through a little bit it's, it's almost as though uh, he addressed a, maybe a subject that was not it's not recorded that it was asked and uh, because they you know he said this prayer of a righteous man avails much and then he goes in immediately in if you had your scriptures as you say it goes into talking about Elijah you know Elijah was the guy because they was like well, who can be righteous you know but what is that talking about and he says you know well Elijah he was a guy of like passions as you. He was just a regular guy. You think of him as this, you know, great prophet who did signs and wonders and all this stuff, but he was just a regular guy. He prayed and it didn't rain for three years. He prayed again and it did rain for three years and God counted this man as righteous and because of that, he had power with God. Everybody say, thank God we have power with God. He had power with God. Praise the Lord. So here he says, uh, the, the, the Living Bible says, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. James says there's such a thing as a righteous man. In other words, there, there is such a thing as a, as, as a man, a person who can stand before the Lord and be looked upon by God as right. To be looked upon by God as clean, to be looked upon by God as innocent, justified, etc. You know, not as an old sinner, um, not as this person who's so depraved and so far, you know, that it's just only by the, uh, some kind of the will of God, the sovereign will of God that they just happen to be chosen to be. Oh, help me. Don't go there, Albert, please. But anyway, there, there is this. There is such a thing as a man who stands righteous before the Lord. Amen. So we talked about rightness, righteousness, what it means. We talked about how do we become righteous. Can somebody, can somebody recall from that? Well, maybe we do a little quick. How do we become righteous? Get born again. 
You get born again. Praise the Lord. So how we become righteous, when we become righteous, maybe that would be more we become righteous when we get born again. There is a scripture that refers very specifically to how we do it. You remember Romans chapter 10, verse 10? What does it say? With the... With the... With the... There. With the heart man unto... There you go. So with the heart we believe unto righteousness. With a mouth confession is made unto our salvation. Praise the Lord. So that's how we do it. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about the miracle of why God would do it and how it could possibly be that God would look upon a man as righteous even though he's subject to miss the mark. And we all seem to be that way. Miss the mark. We certainly don't try to miss the mark, but we certainly be that and we have imperfections. We looked at Romans chapter 5 and verse 17 where it talks about that righteousness is a gift of God. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a gift from God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, I'm just reminding you these scriptures are so powerful having to do with understanding righteousness. For he hath, he, God hath made him, Jesus. God hath made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, that you might be made the righteousness of God through Christ or in him of which translation that you read it for. How many of you believe that, that, that God took your sins and placed them on Jesus who knew no sin? Do you believe that? Everybody believe that? Yeah, we believe that. I believe that God took my sin and placed them on Jesus who knew, who knew no sin. Praise the Lord. How many of you believe you're righteous? Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Sometimes you'll get a few less hands you know, we, we're quick to believe God took sin and put it on Jesus, but sometimes we're not as, as quick to see ourselves as righteous in the Lord. We talked about, we talked about um, works and righteousness. You know, how can you become more righteous by doing more? Can you, are you less righteous because you don't do as much? You know, and... Uh, that's a that's a good listen. I believe it one. I believe it's one of the most liberating truths in the Bible. Of course, other than next to salvation, and it has to do with salvation. That how that God has made, created us as righteous in Christ Jesus, and it's a righteousness that is established totally on God's grace and His goodness, not on our goodness or our 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 works, but righteousness that is of faith in the cleansing blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, that's exciting. Uh, one of the things that, that makes possible, that was so important to me, it makes being a Christian possible. It, it makes being a Christian achievable for every human being on the face of the earth. That's how important righteousness is. It makes it possible. So, you, you know, it removes the barrier of having sinned too great a sin to ever be made the righteousness of God in Christ. It's a wonderful truth. But let's take it further tonight, okay? Uh, how, does, how does this help me? How, how does all that information that we studied last week, how does that help me in fighting the good fight of faith? And I have just two uh, points I want to make tonight. I know every message is supposed to have three points, <laughs> but I only have two. Oh. Uh, 
I only have two. So let, let me give you my two points tonight. And um, we're talking about how does that help me? How does it help me? The first reason that knowledge of my righteousness, the reason that knowledge matters, is that it settles the question forever of your place and your position and your standing with God. It settles the question forever. I would pray that perhaps there's someone here tonight that it will settle the question in your heart, not head knowledge, but it'll become heart knowledge of your place, of your position, of your standing with God. Amen? Probably every person that has ever sought God or ever desired to have a more intimate, close relationship uh, with the Lord has wondered, what does God think about me? How does God see me? How does God, how does God view me? You know, when, you know, does God see me as a, as a nice person? Maybe I didn't put it in DC's words, but we do. When we go to God, you say, well, when you, when you're seeking, when you're seeking to have a closeness or, or you, to know somebody better, you, you kind of want to know what do they think about you. You want to know where they're coming from, you know? How does God see me? Does he see me as a nice guy? Does, does the Lord, does God, God see me as a good person? What about value? So many Christians don't have a concept of the value that God has. How much value he puts in them. How, how important, how valuable they, they are to him. How much value does God put on you? You know, does, does God see you as a jerk? You know, does does he just see you mostly in the in the times when you're blowing it? You know, is that when you think that God's taking note of you? What does God what does God think about? What does he see me? Does does God see you as a failure because you've messed up a lot of times in your life? Is does he see you, you know, whole religions are built on the fact that, you know, he still sees us as old sinners saved by grace. Uh, you know, depraved and having a hard time ever. No, we don't know what to do. We, we, you know, it's only by some preordained will of God that he even allows us to, you know, to... We have whole religions that are built on that. Big ones. Big, big ones. Everybody say big ones. How does God see you? Does he see you as likable? Does he see you as successful? Does he see you as a failure, you know? What does God think about all the bad things that you've done in life? How does he look? How does he think about that? What's his mind on that? Do you deserve to ask God for anything? You deserve it. What What would cause you to be presumptuous enough to expect that God would care? You know, could you be presumptuous enough to think that God, the universe, who's created, I mean, they can we can't even count them. Uh, you know, the ever expanding. Uh, dimensions of space that he would care can we be presumptuous enough to think that God would hear us out of 7 billion voices on the face of this earth 7 billion it's not just this little church but you know hey 7 billion voices and you're going to call on God you expect that he's going to hear you what does God think about you what is it, what's your place what's your standing with God in something that is, is so vast can you can you see what I'm trying to say to you? Does he like you? Is God mad at you? There's so many people, they just think God's mad at them. 
you know, he stays mad at him. Does he do that, you know? Or, or maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's like with some people, you just got a perpetual personality, you know, clash. You know, there's just some people, as hard as you try, you just can't get along with. Not you, I know, but, you know, it does happen. Maybe that's the way it is with God. It makes a difference if you want to be close to somebody, if you want to work with somebody, if you want to ask somebody for a favor. It makes a difference as to what, how you believe that they think about you. Or what do, you know, what's... What's the place that you hold in their mind? Now, I want you to make this connection tonight because it has to do, still has to do with the fight of faith. First of all, First Peter, I mean, First Timothy six, 6 twelve said that fight the good fight of faith. Okay. Then, if we go to another a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter six and in verse eleven and twelve, he says, "Put on the whole armor of God." Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, King James says, the wiles of the devil, the wiles, the tactics, the strategies, um, the thinking, the planning of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And then he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness. And spirit, you know, in high places, it talks about uh, uh, the spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. Now, going down to verse 14, and the scripture says, Therefore, stand, therefore, stand, therefore. Say, position yourself. Say it with me. Position yourself. Position yourself. I wish I could get you to stand up. It's okay, but don't do it. But position yourself. Stand, therefore, having gird. Uh, your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Put on the breastplate. <laughs> yeah. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Of righteousness. Now, two scriptures. Fight the good fight of faith. And it begins to, begins to talk to Dennis about warfare here. And he says to us, teaching us, but if you time together, in preparing yourself to fight, the first thing you should want to look at is put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Put on the armor. Now, this is, it doesn't mean that God's up there in heaven with a helmet on and a breastplate and a girdle wrap, you know. And, no, it's, it's, it's an armor that God gives us in order to fight. It's, it's armor that is of God, the armor of God. It's what he gives us. And I want you to make special note that to cover the chest, the thorax, the part between the neck and the loins, to cover, to cover this area, which is, uh, if you, you know, a picture of human anatomy, anatomy would be the area that holds the major, or at least, you know, major organs of, of the body, in the chest cavity and the, and the breastplates that they had 
for the soldier that he's using to compare here. They didn't just cover the front. They covered the front and the back. They covered both. They were latched together with the straps. So it's covering you all around, but complete covering, a complete covering of the, and including the heart, the heart of the man, which we know is all, you know, almost always as it's referring to the heart of the man, it's not just the cardia, the, the pumping but it's the centermost, innermost being of a man. And he says, listen, for you, I'm, I'm giving you to cover that part of you, a breastplate of righteousness, of right standing with God. You want to go to war? You want to do a fight? You want to fight? Well, it's a fight of faith? You, you need to put on the armor. Part of the armor, the part that covers the, the innermost part of a man. The inward man of the heart. You, you have to put on a breastplate of righteousness. So we start the position of war. He says, stand, therefore, position yourself. Position yourself in a right standing status. A mentality, a consciousness of right standing with God. Amen to cover or protect this inward man. God's righteousness is what he gives us. So when we, so we enter into any kind of a conflict, check yourself, check yourself. You know, we're just focusing now on the breastplate, but, you know, there's all, all, the, all the pieces. You know, but we, we, we want to enter into it from the position of being covered with good standing with God. I want to be in good standing with God. Now, the dictionary says that a person in good standing is a person who, who is regarded as having complied with all of his explicit obligations and having unabated power to conduct his activities. A person in good standing, okay, so he's, he's complied with, you know, the things that are required, and he has unabated, that's full force power, to conduct the activities. To be in good standing is to be in favor or on good terms with someone. The status of a person who is known to be of good character describes the status of a person known to be of good character and trustworthy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, this, this, is, where, this is where it begins. This is where it begins to, um, to really make a, a difference in our, in our fight of faith and the, the knowledge of and the knowledge of the covering of the righteousness of God because the knowledge of the covering of God removes all doubts of who I am, of whose I am. It removes all doubts of who's covering for me, whose team am I on, who's got my back. It removes all doubts. Now, I, I tell you, somebody who, who goes into a fight prepared with the right mentality and knows they're on the right team, they're on a team that cannot lose, and that that team is backing them, that person or team is backing them, you, you go into the fight with a whole different swagger. Can I have an amen? Are you catching this? So this is so important. Amen. So here you are. It settles it once and for all. If you understand, if you have a knowledge of the position of the righteousness of God, amen. And it, you know, it, it, 
it signifies it it lets even our enemies our enemy knows that we're not coming out in the power of ourselves we're not coming in our own name we're not coming in our own righteousness or our own weakness or imperfection but we are coming in the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the blood so here you are you know uh, you maybe you can relate maybe you can't I think probably most of you have have grown beyond this but occasionally you know you, you enter into something and the the devil does the devil ever ever whisper anything at you or does he ever throw a thought at you are you are you beyond that you know is, does he ever do that I haven't reached that yet but you know and then you know he's he says sons of men you're in trouble now oh yeah I mean I am you are so stupid if you had done this, if you had done this, your your situation is pretty hopeless. You don't even you you can't even figure out a plan. If you had to, you couldn't figure out a plan to get out of this mess. The devil's told me those kinds of things a few times. I imagine he has, you know. He says, and then we say, well, well, you know, who do you think you are anyway? You're a nobody. You know. And then he'll tell you, well, I saw you, you know, I saw what you're thinking. I saw what you did. I, I saw that thought you had of that person that didn't, I, I know what you think about your boss. You'd really like to sock him, you know. I, I know I know what you, you're not really as good as you put on that face when you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday. You know, you're a hypocrite. You say, well, that, that doesn't happen to me. It happens to millions of Christians. You're just a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You put on this and, and really, you know, you prayed and nothing happened. But look at that. You're going to have to pray for somebody else. And you think that you are nothing but a hypocrite. He tells us these kinds of things. He's always talking. You don't deserve it. God don't even like you. He's mad at you. You know? Uh, what, what makes you think? What makes you think that, that he's, that he, that he's going to respond? So what do we do? What do we, you know, all these these kinds of things, they bombarded at us. Um, we think about them. We we have to stir ourselves. We we've got to have a right mentality. Hopefully, we're strong in the Lord. But sometimes the devil catches you when you're weak. Sometimes he catches you when the kids have been bugging you, and and you've been working more hours than you should have been working, but you couldn't help it. You had to. Sometimes he catches you when. You know, it seems like you haven't been asleep. You didn't sleep good for the last week and a half, and now, you know, you've got, you've got fatigue. There's all kinds of things. Sometimes he catches us at, this, at those moments, you know, and, and we have to go back, and we've got to look inside, and we've got to look in our hearts and in our minds. What, what, what do you think? What do you say to the voice of the enemy? What do we say to a conditioned circumstances that come against us? We, we have to come to that place that we're in this area, when he starts attacking your character, please get, when the devil starts attacking your character and who you are and, and what place you have as a Christian, this is your weapon, the righteousness of God in Christ. That's when, that's when, because you know you're, you're not ignorant. That's when you know, and it comes up big inside you, devil, I got news for you, that tactic 
that wiles does not work on me anymore. That, that, you know, that one doesn't work. Because I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know the God that I serve. I know what he can do. And I know the place and the position and the status that I have with him. Oh, but you did so-and-so. Well, I, that is eerie. That's, that's not even in the picture here. In fact, I just plead the blood over that one. Hallelujah. I just plead the blood over that. I'm not going to argue with you whether I'm guilty or I'm not guilty. I just plead the blood. Hallelujah. You got to know. You got to know. And you know what? When you, when you can come to that place and you can, and he knows that you know who you are, it begins to make a difference in the, in the fight of faith, man. It makes a big difference. You're, you know, no wonder, no wonder little David could run to the battle. Think about his story here. He comes against somebody who's twice as big as he is, twice as strong as he is, at least. And, and what it, he, he still runs, he runs to the battle. And you have to read what he says in order to, to grasp why that was not stupid. That, that could have been well, this, just dumb for him to do that and to think. Who, who are you to think that you're going to take this a nine and a half foot giant down? Who are you to think that? He, says, he said, well, you know, you're coming at me one way, I'm coming at you another way, and we're coming from two different places. You're coming with a sword and a, and a, and a spear, and, and uh, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He knew who he was. Out there on that, uh, on that sheep hill or whatever, he had he'd found out about a relationship with God. He knew who he was. Amen. You know, David didn't start out his fight like a lot of Christians do. Well, I'm so unworthy, I know. I, I know I'm undeserving of you to ever do anything for me. I just, you know, I just hope some way, God, I'm going to step out here. I just hope your grace shows up this time. Oh, God, don't let me get whacked too bad. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you. I believe you. No, he, he started the fight knowing who he was in God. He had a, a right standing uh, attitude, mentality. Praise the Lord. It wasn't, um, my word there, it wasn't like, you know, rude or, that's not the word, arrogant. Thank you. It wasn't arrogant. It wasn't arrogant. Praise the Lord. Um, just knew who he was. Say it with me. Father, thank you for clothing me in the robe of righteousness. Thank you, Father, that when you see me, you see me in light of what Jesus has done for me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say this. Father, I know who I am. I know who you are. I know who I belong to. I know what team I'm on. Thank you, Father, that you have my back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
there, W. Vine writes about that breastplate, and I just want to read this to you. He's, he's talking about the breastplate of righteousness, and he says that it, it um, uh, the implication, no, it implies, I'm sorry, it implies a consciousness of justification through the blood of the cross. Implies, the breastplate implies a consciousness of justification through the blood of the cross. Somebody first tell me, what is justification? What is it? What's justification? Just as though you never sinned, that's right. Justified, we're justified. It was a, a divine act of grace on God's part, wasn't it? Amen. And, and how did you get justified? Act of what Jesus did and by faith in what he did. Right. So Jesus did it, you activated it by faith. So he's talking about this consciousness, a mentality of, of justification through the blood of the cross. The principle of righteousness or true holiness implanted in the heart and a holy life, a life regulated according to the testimonies of God, according to the, the deeds, the things that God has done. It's regulated by that, not by what circumstances are telling us. As the breastplate defends the heart and the lungs and all those vital functionaries that are contained in what is called the region of the thorax, so this righteousness, this life of God in the soul of man defines everything upon which the man's spiritual existence depends. While he possesses this principle, the principle of righteousness, while he possesses this principle and he acts from it, his spiritual and eternal life is secure. Man, that's a good word. That's a good word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, that was my number one. Here's my number two. Praise the Lord. What else does the gift or position of righteousness have to do with the fight of faith? Secondly, it, it, it sets forth or clarifies how God has planned for the believer to live. Okay? Go to, go to Romans 5, verse 17. We read the scripture last, last week, but let's read it again. Romans 5, verse 17. Uh, righteousness sets or clarifies or defines how God has planned for you to live. This is the way God wants you to live. So, here we go. Have you found it, Romans 5, 17? When you find it, kind of wave at me. Anybody? All right. All right, here we go. So for it says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, okay, so that's Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, there are lots of different things we've brought out in the scripture, but there's this one that is directly connected to what we're studying here. What benefit does, does Paul specifically say is for those that receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness? What, what, does, what benefit does he specifically say? Does anybody see it in that scripture? What does he say? Yeah. They will reign in life. As they receive the abundance of the grace of God and of the gift of righteousness, what does it say there? Will reign in life, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Be, they will be, so 
God tells us right up front, the Holy Spirit tells us right up front, God's, God's planned position or way of life that he has for the believer. And his, his plan for the believer is that they will reign in life through Jesus Christ. The Amplified says that they will reign as kings in life, praise the Lord, uh, through uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen? They will reign as kings, and that is absolutely, totally accurate, because if you look up that word reign in your Greek dictionary, you will find that it means literally to reign as a king, to be a king, to govern, to have power to rule. So as we partake of this gift of righteousness, we partake of the benefit of the way that God says, this is the way I want you to live. I want you to live uh, reigning as a king in this life. Amen. Say, oh, well, praise the Lord. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But he's not talking about when we all get to heaven. He's talking about in the now. Praise the Lord. It'll be a different kind of reigning when we get to heaven. In fact, we're going to be throwing all our crowns at the feet of the master. Amen. Any achievements that we've ever had, that, that's going to be. When we come back to earth, then there will be a time when we reign with Christ. But this reigning, he's talking about the, this gift of righteousness that, uh, you know, that uh, it comes into our hearts that we receive by faith. He's talking about in the now, right now, in the here and the now. So we can't relegate everything way out there to the future. Righteousness with God positions us to reign as kings in this life. Praise the Lord. Through one, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen. Now that means, that means if you're going to reign in life that God, God has to give you authority. He has to give you the authority in order to be able to reign. A king reigns by authority. And he's backed by power. And usually that's his army, whatever. So God has to give us the authority to reign in this life as a king. Or we couldn't reign in this life as a king. We do it through Jesus Christ as we are in Christ. Praise the Lord. You say, well, pastor, uh, authority over what? And this is where people miss it. But, but authority over, over what? In what area do we have authority? And I would propose to you, and, and if you have uh, other in-depth studies, you give me, then throw it at me. But I would propose to you that he's directly talking to you about having authority over the things that Jesus has put under his feet. Amen. The things that he has conquered, the things that he has, he has come and he has put under, uh, th those are the same things Praise the Lord. We are in him, and so now we have been given the authority that we can reign. We can rule and reign as a king over that area. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. So we know that Jesus has the works of the devil under his feet. We can we have the authority and we are expected to live a life as a king with the works of Satan under our feet. For example, sin. Sin and the dominion of sin over our lives has been broken by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not have to give ourselves to sin. We do not have to stay under the dominion of the devil. 
You, you read the, the book of, uh, I don't have time to do it tonight, but read the book of, in Romans, the sixth chapter, and you read all about that, how that we have been delivered, that our sins were nailed to the, to the cross. They were nailed to, and, and the work of Jesus has, has, has done them, has, has called that old, caused that old lust sin nature to be, to die, and that we can now live unto righteousness. Praise the Lord. Be lived free from that. So if the devil lies to us, you know, or lies to somebody that you know, well, I just can't change it. I mean, this has been such bondage, I just can't be free. It is not true. It's a lie of the devil. That is just one of the things that Jesus has put under his feet. I suppose the best way to, to do it, and I'll throw it back into your court because I'm not, I don't sense to take it further than this, but if you would use a scripture such as that, you know, that Jesus has come, you know, why did he come? He came for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. And if you would then begin to look, look at anything you can find that is a work of the devil, and you will, you, you will know what you have authority over. Look at it this way. Look at, what, look at everything that you can find that is of God. Anything that is of God. Any good, any good thing that is of God. And know that you have the right to live in that. Anything that is of the devil or of the curse, of evil, of, of that side, you know, the kingdom of darkness, you have authority to, to live above that. We may or we may not do it, but we have been given authority to do it. And the fight of faith, the fight of faith that we've entered into, praise the Lord, we can use the authority that has been given us and we can, we can come to that place of reigning, reigning. Poverty, sickness, sin, death, separation from God, worry, anxieties, uh, d diseases that, that take out us, take our lives out early. Those kinds of things are areas that Jesus has put under. So we can take scriptures for every one of those kinds of things and we can see where Jesus directly put that under his feet. Praise the Lord. And anywhere you can find that, then because of this gift of righteousness, we partake of the life of ruling and reigning. Amen. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. But he says, I have come that you can have life and you can have it in abundance. Amen. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4, Satan is the God of this world. But he's not your God. Amen. We're in it, but we're not of it. And Jesus said, be of good cheer, little children. I've overcome the world. I overcame the world. He may be the God of the world, but he's not mine. I mean, the devil, you know, he may be the God of this world, but he's not my God. I've overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Praise the Lord. So Jesus overcame the world. He overcame Satan. He overcame his works. He spoiled, the Bible says in the book of Colossians, he spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show. He demonstrated victory over the works of the devil. Amen. And my point being, I'm making up three minutes tonight, and my point being, righteousness possessions me, praise the Lord, and then empowers me to reign in life through Christ, the anointed, the anointed Messiah. Amen? Isn't that good news? Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's good. It? Praise the Lord. Okay, the Lord willing, we'll, we'll kind of pick this up uh, next week and we'll move to something new, something fresh.
see if God has something he has something good else to give us okay amen let's just pray over the word and, and uh, thank God that it's set into our hearts Lord we just love you and worship you and thank you that your word which is so wonderful to us it is our uh, our instruction manual oh Lord we just thank you that it now has been sown it's been sown by the Holy Spirit into our hearts as we made our confession in the beginning our faith has been energized and because we hear it and we do it our lives will not be the same may a boldness O oh God be released tonight may, may faith come to a new level as we meditate on your word and the goodness of your word as we understand and settle it once and for all our place our position our status in you in Jesus name thank you Lord that you're not mad at any of us you're glad and we thank you for it amen praise the Lord all right prayer partners please take your uh, place around the front if you will and uh, if anyone needs prayer you can make your way down front see you guys on Sunday for sure well hopefully Friday and Saturday how about that and if any of you are young adults, hallelujah, go to the, <laughs> be involved in that. Some of you are. I want to know that whole righteousness, positions, being empowers me. Was it to reign? To reign.